This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. All right, sit back, relax, and let me talk to you for a second. Good people, y'all know who it is. Destination Debbie, your boy, Ray G. You can find me on Twitter at Ray GQ, the captain of this here thing that we do, the leader of the all-gas army. Hey, man, here we go. It is it is time to start really taking serious uh, these 2021 prospects. Our fantasy seasons are over. A lot of us were eliminated in the first round of our playoffs. Some of us are still alive, but we've got two weeks left. And if you're playing into week 17, find a new commissioner because that's not good. We don't want people playing into week 17 in the playoffs. So it's time to look ahead. And for this show, I am so so excited to do this rookie way too early two round mock draft with NFL landing spots. So let me just let me take you through the setup. I went through 10 different mock drafts, CBS, Bleacher Report, hell, sites I didn't even know who they were, ESPN, little sites, big sites, and kind of compiled uh, where these players were drafted, and we actually paired up landing spots with these players. So we won't just be saying, I'll draft uh, Jamar Chase. We've got some landing spots, some projected landing spots for these players, and we're going to talk about uh, where we would select them in a two-round single quarterback league. And for this show, I wanted to bring on somebody who actually pays attention to the college game. I know a lot of times we see these mock drafts from these big-name analysts who don't watch any type of college football. They're just going off of, I don't even know what they're using, but I wanted to make sure that we had somebody who actually pays attention to the college game, understands it, lives and breathes this Debbie crazy space that we live in. And I couldn't think of a better guest. And y'all know, OGQ doesn't bring on a lot of people. I like to, I like to run this thing. I'm the captain of the ship. I look at me, I'm the captain. But in this show, I wanted to bring in one of my boys, uh, somebody that I've, I've met through this community that, that I converse with uh, regularly. He is actually a content creator himself. He is the Devi team lead 
over at Dynasty Nerds. Go check him out, DynastyNerds.com. He's got rankings and all of that stuff over there. He is the host of the Fantasy Football Roundtable with my man, Dennis Bennett, who's also a member of the Dynasty Nerd Squad, and he co-hosts the Debbie Debate. It's a new show. Him and two other guys, they do a really good job of diving into these college prospects, so make sure you check out the Debbie Debate. This is my man. He is a diehard Cleveland Browns fan, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Let me make sure I put the the in front of the Ohio State Buckeyes, Matt Broning. Let's welcome Matt into the show. Get in here, Matt. Where you at? Let's add you to the screen. There you go. Oh, there we go. Okay. What's going on, man? What's going on? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for putting the respect on the Ohio State. That means a lot to me. It really does. I mean, a lot of people don't do it. And I know there's a lot of haters out there, but I really do appreciate that. Uh, Thank you for having me on, man. I'm excited to be here. Obviously, you're one of the one of the guys to look up to in this community with everything you do. So I'm just trying to trying to follow your lead. So I, I appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, no problem, man. I had you. I had us in this side by side space. I don't really like that. I I run this show, so I'm going to make myself big. I put you in the corner (laughs) down here at the bottom, but the people can see you. So, Matt, you, you heard what we're doing here and you've seen a list of these landing spots for these quarterbacks, these wide receivers, these running backs, these tight ends. We have not discussed who's drafting who. We haven't talked about any of these prospects. So we are going to dive into it and we are going to start round one. You are the guest of honor. Let me just, I I, kind of want, let me real quick for the listeners. Okay. I'm going to do this rapid fire quarterbacks, the landing spots for these quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, the Jets, Justin Fields, Jaguars, Mac Jones, the New England Patriots, Zach Wilson, Carolina Panthers, Trey Lance, Chicago Bears, Kyle Trask, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Jamie Newman, the Minnesota Vikings. Wide receivers, Rondell Moore, the the Los Angeles Chargers, Rashad Bateman, New Orleans Saints, Jamar Chase, the Giants, Devonta Smith, Dolphins, Jalen Waddle, Lions, Terrace Marshall, Falcons, Amon Ross St. Brown, Ravens, Seth Williams, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Deami Brown, the Saints, Kadarius Toney, the Washington football team, Sage Surratt, Green Bay Packers, Elijah Moore, Bengals, Chris Olave, the Lions, running backs, Najee Harris, Pittsburgh Steelers, Travis Etienne, Arizona Cardinals, Javonta Williams, Atlanta Falcons, Kenneth Gainwell, Arizona Cardinals, Chuba Hubbard, Carolina Panthers, Zamir White, Steelers, CJ Verdell, Seahawks, Demetric Felton, Jaguars, and the tight ends, Kyle Pitts, Cowboys, Pat Fry. Muth, Jaguars, Brevin Jordan, Cardinals, Hunter Long, New England. Now, you guys probably heard some multiple landing spots. It's perfectly fine. I mean, that's that's what we came out with, with from these 10 mock drafts. So uh, you draft based on landing spots. It doesn't matter if we pick two guys that went back to back to the Steelers. It's all projection. But this is geared to give us some context to these selections. Matt, you are up at the one on one. Kick us off in this draft. Uh, well, since it's one QB, I think it's the the obvious answer here is Najee Harris. I mean, landing in Pittsburgh is the perfect spot for him. I know you've mentioned it a couple times, not just on your podcast, but on Twitter, that you think that'd be a perfect spot for him. And I agree. I mean, he's by far one of the best runners in this class. What he does catching the ball, too, I think is is kind of underrated. You go back and just look at the, the highlight catch he made against South Carolina, looking like a wide receiver making that catch the way he high pointed it. He's a phenomenal runner. Uh, you know, we were talking a little bit in your Discord channel on uh, your, your all gas group there in Discord about his 
negative and positive game script runs, 9% negative runs this year, no gain, which is just ridiculous. By far the best in the nation. Nobody even close to him. I think he's a perfect fit for that offense. Went running with an 88.9 rushing grade this year from PFF. Give me Najee Harris all day, every day, regardless of where he lands. But if he goes to Pittsburgh, I think it's a smash one. Yeah, if 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 he goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, I you know I, I've said this, and people think people think I'm crazy. I would take him over Ezekiel Elliott in Dynasty. I would take him over Josh Jacobs in Dynasty. And honestly, man, I, I know there's a lot of Miles Sanders truthers out there. I like Miles. If he if Najee Harris lands in Pittsburgh, I would have no problem taking him over Miles Sanders. He's that good of a running back talent. He's he's a to be 6'2", 230, and to move the way that he moves is insane, man. And to be as productive as he is in the receiving game, in my rankings, patreon.com forward slash all gas, he is the number one ranked skill position player outside of the quarterbacks. So that was an easy, easy pick. And if he goes to Pittsburgh, I, I think it's an absolute lock. And we'll talk about a couple of the other running backs and why we prefer Najee Harris to those other guys here coming up. But at the two spot, I, you know, this is this is this one was kind of tough for me because I do like the landing spot of Travis Etienne with the Arizona Cardinals. But I'm taking if Devonta Smith lands with Tua Tungavailoa in Miami, he's going to be the number one receiver there. I, they've already got a connection. I trust what Brian Flores is doing. And Devonta Smith is my wide receiver one in this 2021 class. I know that's kind of, you know, taboo a little bit, a little hot takey, but there's nothing that he does or that Jamar Chase does that that Devonta Smith can't do. The, the only knock on this kid is his weight. And I really don't give a damn about any of that. So right here, the Miami Dolphins, number one wide receiver. I'm taking Devonta Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. What do you think about that pick? I like it, man. I'm I'm not as high on him as you, but I'm not. I, I can't challenge you on that, especially after the games challenge. he's been having this year. Challenge. I don't. No, no I I am not someone that I I'm not going to judge him on his his weight uh, like some people do. I know a lot of people, as you just mentioned, are kind of on his. He doesn't have the body size. I the only thing I worry about and and I you you can prove me wrong. I know you played defensive back in college, so you can probably explain this a whole lot better than I did. I worry about when it comes to his size, being able to get off um, those guys who play press coverage on him and use that physicality against him getting off the line. That is the only thing I think could hurt him at the next level. Now, when they're not doing that, absolutely smash. And again, I, I love the landing spot, like you just mentioned, with him going there to Miami with Tua because they don't really have that alpha threat that I think can do everything like Smith will be able to do if he goes to Miami. So here's my question. If I asked you how many lockdown, man-to-man, Darrell Revis-type cornerbacks are in the NFL that scare you, how many of those guys can you name? A handful, maybe? Three or four, I think, would probably maybe. be. That come to maybe. the top of my mind. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And and one of those guys, if you're thinking about Stephon Gilmore, we'll see how, you know, I mean, he's getting up. The, 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 the NFL yeah. is changing, man. And, and these cornerbacks, dude, the, the last dude that I've seen be able to completely erase somebody was Darrell Revis, completely erase folks. The game just play is played differently, and I, I'm just going to bet on the talent and the technician that Devonta Smith is that I'm not going to let that concern me. But, hey, fair point. I just, I just want to hear. That's why I said challenge, baby. I want to hear it. So you're up 103. Uh, and remember, when we make these picks, drop the landing spot as well. So who do you got okay. at 103? 
Well, I want to say don't sell Denzel Ward short, the short, the warden in Cleveland. Oh, Phenomenal God. cornerback. Oh, the next oh, best God. thing. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. The Browns fandom is coming out already. Let's go. 103. It is. It is. Uh, all right. So Javante Williams. I'm going Javante. I know uh, you've seen me talking about how much I love him. Uh, and the landing spot to Atlanta, I think, is perfect for him because of what he does he does everything right he can do it out of the backfield he's a great receiver he's a great athlete demonstrates quick suddenness uh good in good in space i love his ability as soon as he's very soft hands right as soon as he catches the ball he's immediately moving upfield which is what you want to see out of a guy like him he a lot of people say he's not elusive i i don't necessarily agree with that he's not going to be travis Etienne or a deandre swift from last year right who he's got that nasty dead leg that will make make everybody fall over break their ankles but he's elusive enough i think once he gets into the open field he can make you miss uh, i think he's gonna be a little bit faster than some people give him credit for my biggest issue with them really i know a lot of people bring up him and carter kind of producing the same i just think williams stands out more when you watch him on yeah. film he pops more than carter does i know carter looks good but i think Williams pops more. The only thing, and I feel like he's corrected it some last year in 2019, he had ball security issues, which I haven't seen as much of this year. So if he continues to show that, I'm sure they'll probably play in a bowl game. I know there's talk now that he might go back. I hope he doesn't because I, I don't see how his stock could get any higher. What? I know it's, it's all over Twitter at the moment right now. I was just debating that right before we jumped on here. A lot of people talking about, they think he should go back to school. And I'm like, I don't see that one. I, I don't understand that one bit, but you know, I'm, I'm just a dude sitting on my, my chair here in Texas. So I don't, I don't, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. I don't like that at all. I don't even want to speak that into existence and I really hope it doesn't happen. I love the pick right here at one Oh three. You know, I'm really close. I'm really close to moving Javante Williams over Travis Etienne. I'm like this. Let's do it. This close. I do believe. Let's do it. I do believe that he profiles as a better three-down runner back, a more, a more complete rusher at the NFL level. At five foot eleven, two hundred twenty pounds, his ability to catch the ball is super impressive. I think he leads the country in broken tackles. We saw what he did versus yes. Miami, but this didn't come out of nowhere. He was good last year as well, right? He's just, the name is, he's now on the radar. He's on the map this season. So if he lands with the Atlanta Falcons, Todd Gurley's on a one-year deal, and behind him, they have absolutely nothing. Edo Smith, uh, Brian Hill is garbage. So I really like that pick of Javonta Williams to the Falcons. So I'm up here, fourth pick in round one. 2021 guys and you know i'm pretty happy because i'm going to take my wide receiver too i'm loading up on these wide receivers and i'm taking jamar chase wide receiver out of lsu fantastic and, and let me just say this let me let me make this abundantly clear I, I really i know a lot of people like to talk about who's your running back one wide receiver one quarterback one all of this stuff Ultimately, like what I like to do is tier based approach, right? I've got four wide receivers inside my tier one. And I'm telling you, Matt, like I'm not just saying this, depending on the draft capital, depending on where they land, I don't care. I would be fine with any one of those four. If it's Smith, if it's Waddle, if it's Jamar Chase, or if it's uh, whoever the hell else I have, Rondell Moore, I don't care, man. Like give me get whoever's on the board at that time. I'm going to look at the draft capital and I'm going to take the landing spot into consideration. So just because I have Jamar Chase as wide receiver two inside the tier, he's a tier one prospect. I think he's a stud. I think he's going to be a fantastic NFL wide receiver. 
uh, and right here to get him at pick four in this draft. I love it. And I don't think the opt-out has any impact or bearing on where he's going to be drafted. It's going to be at worst. I'm being conservative here. A top 15 pick in the NFL draft at worst. The dude is a stud, man. Now, He's not Julio Jones. We can stop with that. He is not even that big. He's six foot, 200 pounds. He's not this big. I think people get the perception because he was so good at breaking tackles and he's really good when the ball's in the air that he's this big, imposing wide receiver. And he's not. He's not that. He's very athletic. He's great after the catch, but he is. We did a film breakdown on him. You joined me for that one. He's kind of raw, man. He's he's a little raw. He he doesn't have the best release. He likes to fight a lot off of the line of scrimmage, but he's physical. He reminds me of an AJ Brown light type player. Like just his ability after the catch to to take those to take those short plays and turn them into long gains to break tackles. DBs better pack their lunch because that dude is bringing it every play. So right here at the 104, Jamar Chase. And he landed, I didn't even tell you, I told you to follow the damn rules and I didn't even tell you where he landed, right? Jamar Chase yeah. to the to the New York football giants. Is it football giants or is that the New York football jets? Which one? I think it's the football giants. No, there's, right? yeah, the New York football giants. Football yeah. giants, yeah. like the giants, get Daniel. And I like that landing spot. Get Daniel Jones a true number one. I, I like Darius Slayton. He's not a number one. Evan Ingram can't operate like Travis Kelsey is another one. I'm not a big believer in Danny, Danny Sense, Danny Pesos. I'm not even calling him Danny Times. Not a big believer in him, but get him some weapons first. Like, let's get him a guy. And I think if they're in a position to grab Jamar Chase, they they upgraded with uh, Will Hernandez a couple of years ago. They got Andrew Thomas at left tackle. He's playing much better. Get Daniel Jones a weapon and let's see what he can do. And Jamar Chase would slide right into that number one role and probably produce for us really early. Yeah, and I mean it helps out that whole offense. If you keep if they keep Sterling Shepard there in the slot, it helps open up stuff for him. Evan Ingram, who we've seen has actually stayed healthy this year and started producing for the Giants. If he could continue doing that and having a guy like Jamar Chase opposite of him, it's just gonna help open up things for him even more as well. So yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, 105, who you got? Uh, I mean, I hate to keep going running backs here, but I'm I'm someone where if I, I want a running back, and I know I'm I'm I'm, you may have gotten this from someone else, but I, I'm, I've heard you say it before, and I believe I'm right there with you. You've got to get those running backs. It's a three to five window, right? So you want to get those guys young wide receivers you trade for later. You know, I got Paris Campbell and a couple other guys in these leagues lately. Deontay Johnson, when he was struggling early in the year, traded for him cheap because they weren't doing much right now. You can get those guys on the back end. So unfortunately, I'm taking Travis Etienne here. I, I, don't, I'm, I don't hate Travis Etienne, despite what some people or despite what some people think. Uh, we've got him going to the Cardinals here, which I think is a great spot for him with the way that uh, Cliff Kingsbury kind of runs his offense. Obviously, he's got that game-changing burst and acceleration. He's going to beat almost everybody in a foot race. I'd love to see him, Smith, Waddle, Rondell Moore. I think Ruggs and um, who's the, who am I missing? Tyree Killer faster than those guys, but get all those guys together in a race would be fun to watch, but Etienne does everything. I just, my biggest thing, and I, I'm going to, again, steal this from you, his vision worries me a lot from what I've seen from him at Clemson. And that's the biggest thing for a running back. And if you're not doing that, that great at Clemson, which is a top tier school, they've got a top tier offensive line. I think you might fail to do that a little bit, or struggle to do that a little bit in the NFL. So that's my biggest worry with him. Maybe why he's fallen here to one Oh five, one, the third running back taken in this draft, regardless, it's his game changing burst and acceleration. And he's, not a zero in the receiving game. He can, he does it. He can do it. He's gotten better at it over the past couple of years. So I think he can produce for you there. So I, I do think landing in Arizona with the dual threat, like Kyler Murray could definitely open up holes for him to make it easier for him to kind of see those spots as well. 
I mean, that's going to be intriguing, man. If he lands with the Cardinals, and let's just say, let's just say, because I don't think Kenyon Drake is going to command big money on the open market. So there's a chance, there's a chance that they can bring Kenyon Drake back and on a cheap deal, like a two-year deal, let him be the early down hammer. You have Travis Etienne mixing in with a player like Kenyon Drake, Kyler Murray, that kind of Konami code quarterback opening things up for him. I think he could find some success. And the fact that he has been... He, he look from a guy who last year coming into last season said he was afraid to catch the ball to to see. I checked his stats. He has forty one receptions on the season. I was like, yeah. damn, I didn't know that. Um, I really like that landing spot, and I actually considered him, but uh, I wanted to grab Jamar Chase. So I'm gonna go with the trifecta, and right here, I, I it it worked out to my advantage here because my wide receiver one, two, and three, no, I get all three of those guys. So you know don't who I'm it. taking, baby. You know I'm taking the most dynamic playmaker in the 2021 <laughs> class, Ron Dell Moore. Just saw today that he graduated from Purdue in two and a half years. This dude is listen. You talk about out of sight, out of mind. People forget. And, and I know this is going to hurt you. I know this is going to hurt you. If you want to know is. what he's about, go watch the 2018 game of Purdue versus Ohio State. And this Ohio State defense had Jeff Okuda, had Chase Young, had Sean Wade, had was Denzel Ward there? Denzel Ward. I'm pretty sure Denzel, Denzel Ward, was there. Ward. And every other player that you can name. And Rondo Bosa Moore, brother, Chase Young, I think. Bosa bro- was there. When I say he single-handedly dismantled that defense, it was special. I had go- I remember watching that game and literally had goosebumps on that final run where he just ran through the entire defense. He's dynamic. His his breaking all of those Big Ten records as an 18-year-old true freshman. What more? Listen, if if we're going to sit here and give Jamar Chase all this accolade and say how much he dominated in his truly one season, right? Because he didn't do jack shit as a freshman. I think he had like 200, 300 yards. What Rondell Moore did as an 18-year-old in the Big Ten, uh, listen, he's not going to play outside at the next level. He's going to be a slot. But I believe that if he lands, and in this mock, Rondell Moore was drafted by the Los Angeles Chargers. You pair Rondell Moore with Justin Herbert, with Keenan Allen, who's your number one. They've got a tight end in Hunter Henry. You've got this dynamic running back in Austin Eckler. You throw Rondell Moore in the slot with Herbert? Dude, listen, I saw two, the the second team, and I, I wanted to save this for the show, that came up the most with Rondell Moore were the Cleveland Browns. I saw Rondell Moore to Cleveland. Either of those landing spots would be fantastic for a player like Moore, a short area quickness, get him the ball in space. But for the purposes of this mock, Rondell Moore to the Chargers, I'm taking him here at 106. I love it. And I was hoping you weren't going to take him because I was going to bring up the Browns narrative that you just brought up. We talked about it. and I'm going to do my best to be a hype man here. I'm probably going to get this wrong. Patreon forward slash all gas. Is that correct? (laughs) It's something like that. They know where to go. Okay, they you they need to go it. to it. Not only just with your Jamar Chase breakdown, which was phenomenal the other day. We do a, a ton of talking, and we were talking about that in there the other day, and I agree with you. If 
I love Beckham and I don't know if he'll get, I feel like it's leaning toward, he's probably going to be gone this off season that they've got a lot. They can get out from underneath this contract and, and he's just for whatever reason, doesn't fit well in that offense. But you know who I do think will Rondell Moore with the way that Kevin Stefanski has drawn up plays for him and Landry. I think he'd be phenomenal there. It would help out Baker a ton. So I was hoping to go more there just so that I could pick him to the Browns and, and throw the chargers comp out there. But I mean, you know, I love my guy, Justin Herbert. So if I could get him with Justin <laughs> Herbert, trust me, I'll be taking more in every single rookie draft I'm in if possible. <laughs> uh, so, so for my guy, he's uh, the last of my tier one as well. Um, and it's Rashad Bateman. We've got mm. him going to the saints here, which I think is going to be a, a great fit. He's very fluid, really good route runner. I think uh, really good with his double moves, great hands, really good. He's not Rondell Moore when it comes to running after the catch, but he's very good at that as well. I think that's his best quality. Uh, Very good at breaking tackles and, and, and shoving off guys. He's not great though. Ed. he doesn't have that top end speed. He's not going to not going to break away from people. And he's also doesn't have that big size to be a possession receiver as well. So I think he's got to fit perfectly into an offense. I think what we're seeing with Emmanuel Sanders this year, he could be a little bit better than that opposite of Michael Thomas. And I think as much as I love him and have him in that top tier one, I think he profiles more to be like a wide receiver too at the next level and go into a team like the new Orleans saints worries me a little bit because I don't think breeze comes back. So what they're going to do at quarterback, but you've got an offensive genius and Sean Payton, who I think having Thomas and Bateman there as your wide receivers are going to find a way to scheme both those guys. Up. Yeah. I, I like that pick. I, di- I didn't think uh, you would go there, but I kind of like that, man. I thought you were going to take the guy that, that I'm going to pick right here. Um, at the 108 spot, but uh, Bateman and the Saints, I mean, they, they need another number two. It's not Traquan. Sanders is older, but the, the concern is, and it's the concern for Michael Thomas, it's the concern for Alvin Kamara. Who's the quarterback? And it, listen, it seems like they're going to go with Taysom Hill. I, I don't know how many wide receivers and or running backs, and we got Adam Troutman there, who a lot of people are high on at tight end. I just don't think he's going to throw the ball enough to support that. You know, it's it's funny, this new kind of dynamic we're seeing across the NFL with these quarterbacks that are just dual threat guys, and they're utilizing um, these quarterbacks to their strengths. And, and Taysom Hill, one of his strengths is running the ball. So um, that landing spot kind of concerns me, but I've learned my lesson from A.J. Brown. I've learned my lesson from all these other players every single year to fade, stop. Landing spot is a small piece of the puzzle, and it, it should never overtake the talent. And the talent of Rashad Bateman is undeniable, as is the talent of the player that I'm going to take at number eight. And I got my wide receivers one, two, three, and four in this class. And I'm taking Jalen Waddle, who in this mock was drafted by the Detroit Lions. And listen, Patricia's gone. Don't know who's going to be there. But outside of Kenny Galladay, and I do believe that they re-signed Kenny Galladay, but Danny Amendola, no thank you. And Marvin Jones is old. He's probably not coming back. It's Kenny Galladay. It's TJ Hawkinson. I think Jalen Waddle, that dynamic playmaker, they're in a division where they're scoring points. You got to keep up with the Packers. So I would love Jalen Waddle in a complimentary role to Kenny Galladay. He's a dynamic playmaker. I think from day one, he's the most uh, dangerous punt returner in the NFL from day one. The time he's drafted, I'm not concerned about the injury. I've seen videos of him working out. Um, I think he's going to be fine. In the five games that he played uh, with Alabama this year, I think he didn't have a game under five receptions and he didn't have a game under 100 yards. So he was on a path to just tear it up before he broke his ankle. Um, I I think he'll be fine. So right here to get Jalen Waddle at the 108, I'll take it, baby. 
Yeah, I don't I don't blame you. He's he's right there with with all those other guys. And I think that speaks to just how deep this wide receiver class is as well, which is why at 109, I'm going Kenneth Gainwell, going back to, mm-hmm. to the running back well here. Damn uh, you know, you. we've damn you talked a little bit about him. Uh, so on the on the mock here, we've got him, or you've got him going to the Cardinals, which we just talked about ETN going there. I, I actually would like to see him go to Miami with Tua mm-hmm. and this budding new offense. Uh he's a decisive ball runner. I think he's very slippery, quick, explodes through the holes, attacks the line of scrimmage. I, I like everything about him. Kind of a guy you talked about earlier in Jamar Chase. He's kind of forgotten about, right? Because he he opted out. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier doing that uh, gains and loss charts that I, I was doing this weekend. And so I went back and did all of his last year and he came out a lot better than I expected him to, especially with, you know, you we talked about he was the reason Antonio Gibson couldn't get on the field. And, and look at what Antonio Gibson is doing right now with Washington. So I think Gainwell going there with Tua, we know that he can do stuff in the receiving game as well. Tua's not afraid to check down. We saw that in college. I think we, we saw it with Miles Gaskin, and I think it's fair to say Kenneth Gainwell is a step up over Miles Gaskin. So if he can go there to Miami, I think in a budding offense that we've already seen, eight and five team now, great defense. They're a team on the come up. Brian Flores is a phenomenal head coach. Kenneth Gainwell, I think, fits perfectly in there with that offense. So I would put him in Miami if I could, and then I would take Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah, and let's just say, hypothetically, if the Cardinals draft him, I I don't think that'd be a bad landing spot either. I think he can do everything that Travis Etienne does. He just And he's fast. Like He may not have the acceleration of Travis Etienne, but he can move. And to your point, 230 carries, 1,400-plus rushing yards, 50 receptions and over 600 receiving yards as a red shirt freshman. He is the reason why Antonio Gibson did not play because he's that damn good. He's 5'11". They list him at 194 and a lot of people are like, oh, that's so small. I believe coming into the season, Travis Etienne was listed at 5'10", 199. So they're right there around the same size. Didn't expect Kenneth Gainwell to go this early. I thought I'd be able to get him towards the back end. But um, I I really like that pick, and I'm a big fan of him. I have him as my RB4 in the 2021 class. But right here at the 10 spot, my Tier 1 of wide receivers has been depleted. My Tier 1 of running backs has been depleted but you left me the best tight end prospect we've seen in a long time. And in this mock, Kyle Pitts was selected by the Dallas Cowboys. Sign me up. And I like me some Dalton Schultz. He's one of my sleeper tight ends. I got a lot of Dalton Schultz. If Dallas drafts Kyle Pitts, the hell with all my Dalton Schultz shares. It's Kyle Pitts time. And I don't care who the quarterback. I mean, just think about another weapon for Dak or whomever's there. It's going to be Dak. Let's stop the shit. It's going to be Dak. You add Kyle Pitts to CeeDee Lamb to Amari Cooper. I think we got Gallup for one more year. I mean, goodness gracious. I I love it. He is the, to me, he reminds me of prime Jimmy Graham. That's who he reminds me of, but even more athletic, even more fluid, a better route runner. Jimmy Graham was straight off the basketball court at Miami. Kyle Pitts is probably one of the best wide receivers in this class. And there's something to be said. Travis Kelsey is probably the fantasy football MVP this season. When you have a dynamic weapon at tight end that you don't have to think about, it's such an advantage in fantasy to have Travis Kelsey, to just throw him in your lineup and know that you're going to get six receptions, 85 yards, and probably a touchdown every single week. Right now, Matt, I believe that Kyle Pitts is a top five dynasty tight end right now. The only tight ends I would take over him right now are Darren Waller, George Kittle, 
Travis Kelsey, and probably TJ Hawkinson. Outside of that, I'd take him over Mark Andrews. I'd take him over Noah Fant. I'd take him over Jonu Smith, Mike Gusecki. He's that good. So to get him here at the 110, I'll take it. Yeah, I, I'm with you. We actually had a uh, little debate about him on the Debbie Debate podcast recently because I said I'd take him as high as 1-6 uh, in rookie drafts because of that right there. Like, I understand the wide receivers are great, running backs are great, but if you've got the guys off the board that we just had go off, and and you're so you're leaving, I think it was Bateman and Water, the only two left that weren't drafted at that point because ETM was gone. I would take Pitts there because in fantasy football, you have that winning advantage right there every single week. As you said, set it and forget it tied in. You don't have to worry about it anymore. There's enough wide receivers and running backs in this draft that you can get somebody decent in that second round. I'd much rather pair a Pitts and say a Deame Brown or Amon Ross St. Brown or Kadarius Tony in the second round than maybe a, well, I shouldn't say Pat Fryermuth. Let's assume Fryermuth's gone. Like a Waddle and like a Hunter Long in the second round or something like that. Like, cause Fryermuth's ridiculously good as well. But yes. yeah, I just, Pitts is going to be amazing. I, I may or may not have made a bet that I think he's going to have the greatest rookie season for a tight end ever. And if that fails, I unfortunately have to sing the, uh, Hail victory song of Michigan, which I don't, they don't win enough games for me to hear that song, but I guess that I do have to sing that in a Michigan uniform, which I'm not excited about, but I think he's going to do it. So I don't have to worry about singing it, but I'm, I'm with you. I love Kyle Pitts. I think he's a, he's a smash, uh, smash grab right there. Ah, uh, I'm trying to think. So this is one QB, right? You're at one QB. I, you're at one eleven. Where are you going? I'm going to go wide receiver. I really want to go quarterback here. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take my boy, Justin Fields. I'm doing it. I think, and I know Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence, right? People say, they're going to say I'm crazy. Buckeye, Buckeye Homerism. And you might be right. I can't, I can't say that you might not be wrong. There may be a little bit of Buckeye Homerism coming out with this pick, but I think Fields does everything that Lawrence does. He he may not have the arm that Lawrence does, and I, I think the IQ is there. He's an effortless thrower. Uh, he's got he can run and throw off platform. Great mechanics and delivery. I think that my biggest issue with him is sometimes he's a little bit too quick to to drop his eyes and maybe move around in the pocket. He gets a little bit uncomfortable uh, with blitzes, which I will give Trevor Lawrence. He seemed to do a little bit better than that this year. Last year, I think he struggled at that too, but this year he's looked a lot better. Where Fields, I think, is different is I think he's more athletic than Trevor Lawrence, and we've seen with Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, I mean, Zach Wilson coming out this year, those guys who can get you those extra yards running the ball is key in fantasy football. You get those quarterbacks, Josh Allen, who get you those rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, Dak Prescott as well. It's game changer. I know Trevor Lawrence can do that, but I don't think he's as good as Justin Fields. So if I have to pick a quarterback in this draft that I think can be my guy for a decade plus, we've got him go into the Jaguars, which again, pairing him with LaVisca Chenault, DJ Chark. I'm sure they're going to add either another running. I mean, if they keep James Robinson, Robinson's been phenomenal. I think he completely changes that offense. Give me Justin Fields all day, every day and twice on Sunday. And here is the first guy to take Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence. And I believe that we're going to see this more than people think. Uh, you know, if if this plays out the way that we all think with Trevor Lawrence going to the Jets and Justin Fields going to the Jaguars, we, we see with these quarterbacks who can ha- have an ability to move with their feet, right? And Justin Fields, let me just say this. He isn't a rushing quarterback that throws the ball. He's a quarterback that happens to be able to run and he's fantastic running the ball. And, you know, I, I'm not going to argue it. I'm not going to argue it. I, I, if if in my rankings, I have Trevor Lawrence as my number one player in Superflex formats. My second number one player is Justin Fields. I don't even put a number two. In my rankings, it goes T-Law one, 
Fields uh, one, and then Najee Harris is is two. Like I, I just can't even, I can't even put a number two by his name because he's that good. And right here to round out round one, I'm going to take a quarterback as well. And let me say this: and I was on uh, Michael Lou's show. Michael Lou, Big Dogs got to eat BDGE Market Watch Mondays, and he made a great point. I think sometimes in superflex leagues we overvalue quarterbacks, and in single quarterback leagues we undervalue quarterbacks. And if I have an ability to get one of the two tier one quarterbacks here at the back end of the first round. Even though it's not super flex, even though it's not two QB, it's invaluable, man. If your number one quarterback goes down and you have nobody else after that, or it's a middling level star, a middling level QB, like you're hurting. So right here at the 112 spot, I'm taking the best quarterback prospect to come out since Peyton Manning, Trevor Lawrence. I don't need to spend a lot of time talking about him, but I will say this and I'm going to continue to say it. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are floor raising quarterbacks. And when I say that, there are certain quarterbacks that come into the NFL that no matter what situation you put them in, everybody around them gets better. It's the LeBron James effect. LeBron James took a team of Larry Hughes and Drews Ilgowskis, whatever his name is, and Eric Snow and all these other randoms to, to to the NBA finals. He's a floor raising player. Andrew Luck, floor raiser. Patrick Mahomes, floor raiser, Deshaun Watson, making guys relevant that we've never heard of. Jared Goff, not a floor raiser. Gardner Minshew, not a floor raiser. Trevor Lawrence, you drop him on this New York Jets team right now, as is, and they are a much better football team with Trevor Lawrence. I'm not saying they're a 10-win team. I'm not saying they're a 5-win team, but they've got some decent pieces around them as well. Crowder's not bad. Perryman can stretch the field. Denzel Mims looks like he can be a number one. So right here at the back of the first to get Trevor Lawrence as my number one player in Superflex formats, one of the best quarterback prospects that we've seen, I'll just solidify my team with that. And in this mock, yes, he goes to the Jets. I don't even need to say that. So recapping round one, Najee Harris, Pittsburgh Steelers, pick one. Devonta Smith, the Miami Dolphins at two. Javonta Williams running back North Carolina, but now running back the Atlanta Falcons, three. Jamar Tase, wide receiver of the Giants, four. Travis Etienne, running back Arizona Cardinals, five. Rondell Moore, wide receiver of the, where the hell did Rondell Moore go? To the Chargers Chargers at six. Rashad Bateman, Saints, seven. Jalen Waddell, Lions, eight. Kenneth Gainwell, Cardinals, nine. Kyle Pitts, Cowboys, ten. Fields and T-Law, Jaguars and Jets round out round one. And it's going to get spicy in round two. That's where the real fun is going to happen. But let me tell you something, Matt. I am now a business owner. I'm a small business owner. And I'm telling you, American business builders spend way too much time trying to manage their money when they should be focused on growing their business. I do that. I'm trying to manage my money. I need to focus on my business. But American business builders need a bank account that makes the hardest part of running their businesses easy, man. And I'm telling you, One North, I checked them out. I'm not just going to talk about some stuff without checking them out. And One North, they have spoken to thousands of business owners across the country to come up with a banking product that was built to meet the needs of real hard work and ass Americans, man, as they build their product by adding new features, expanding their capabilities. They continue to talk to business owners every single day to find out what one what North One can do to make their lives easier so they can focus on building their businesses. And I'm telling you, they're 
manage, uh, they can manage money and make payments and bills from anywhere in the world at home or on the go. They can, you can connect your bank account to the tools your businesses use every day, like Stripe, Cash App, QuickBooks, and more. You could set up sub accounts to help save for huge expenses like rent, payroll, gosh, I can't stand that, and tax time. None of us want to deal with tax time. You can deposit, send checks digitally. No more searching for your checkbook, withdraw or deposit cash at ATMs nationwide, and it's only $10 a month with none of them surprise hidden fees. So I'm telling you people, sign up for a North One account. It takes you three minutes or less. I'm telling you, business banking made. All right, round two, you are the guest I had the last pick in the first round. You are going to kick us off here in round two, and now it should get interesting. So where are you going with the first pick in the second round? So I'm taking Terrace Marshall Jr. We've got him going to the Falcons here. I do think that that would be a great landing spot for him. If I had a choice, I would love to see him go to Houston and give Deshaun Watson possibly that number one receiver target. But I, I, believe Houston doesn't have a first or second round pick and I doubt Marshall makes it out of the second but he's got a terrific blend of size speed and strength he's unfazed by contact when he gets up to the top of his routes and he's a phenomenal contested catch player as well really good hands I think he's obviously been very uh, underrated with how bad LSU's offense has been and then you've got Devonta Smith on the other side of that conference just putting up historic numbers and balling out the way he is. We've kind of all seems like just forgotten about how Terrace Marshall is, uh, how good he's been. I really think from everything I've watched from the only thing you can say bad of him, he's not a great run blocker, but I don't care about that because I want him to go out there and catch balls, catch balls and make plays after after the catch. If he does go to the Falcons. I don't think he's a huge guy this year, especially with the way Calvin Ridley's kind of stepped up. And I don't, I think Julio's going to be there for at least another year or two, especially based uh, on his contract needs. And uh, Matt Ryan has really kind of fallen off the cliff. And, and he is also kind of tied into them, I think, for 40 mil next year. So they can't just cut him. And I don't see anybody trading for him. So I think if you take Terrace Marshall here and he goes to the Falcons, you might have to wait a year for him to kind of come on the scene. But I, I still think he's one of those phenomenal guys in this class, top of tier two for me for sure. Yeah, I'm a big Terrace Marshall fan. And on that LSU team with Justin Jefferson, with Chase, with Clyde edwards Lair, with Thad Moss, he broke out quietly. He was a breakout. He had a 19-year-old breakout age. Dude can play, man. And from all accounts, like if, if you go back and look at his prep profile, they say that the dude is like a freak athlete, like freak athlete. He just dealt with some injuries coming out of high school. But I'm a big fan of Marshall. And it's funny. The game before he opted out, I think he had like 10 grabs, 130-something yards versus A&M. And he was like, I'm done. I, I did enough. I did enough from last season. I did enough this year. So I really like that. And I think, you know, coming in, they they do need an upgrade over Russell Gage. Russell Gage is serviceable, but they need an upgrade over Gage, and they need to start planning for life after Julio Jones. So I actually would really like Marshall uh, and Calvin Ridley in Atlanta. Houston would be awesome, but he's not lasting to round three. I think he's a player that probably has a chance to sneak into the back end of round one in the NFL draft. So uh, I really like that pick to kick off round two. I, again, am going to go with the pass catcher because if you guys have not gotten the memo, the running back class is not deep and it is not very good in 2021. And I'm pretty damn happy to land my number five overall wide receiver in the class. I got my guys one through five, one through five and I'm taking Amon Ross St. Brown, who in this mock, I don't love the landing spot, but I just talked about I'm not I'm not going to play that game. 
Amon Ross St. Brown was mocked to the Baltimore Ravens, okay? Amon Ross St. Brown, wide receiver from USC. He is the brother of Equinemia St. Brown, wide receiver of the Green Bay Packers. He's got another brother, Osiris St. Brown, who plays for Stanford. This is the best of the Brown brothers. I mean, he is legit at 6'1", 195. I think he's the best the best technician in this class. He's just, the way that he gets open, the way that he uses his body, um, he had four receptions and four touchdowns in like the first quarter of USC's game a couple of weeks ago. He's just an absolute stud. The kid was sort of built for this, man, watching his older brothers. Like he was built for this moment. And I think the Ravens need a number one. It's not Willie Sneed. It's not Hollywood Brown. It's not Miles Boykin. So I think Amon Ross St. Brown comes in and sooner rather than later, he would take over that number one wide receiver role, sure-handed, can play in the slot, can play outside. So here at the 201, I'm taking... I love St. Brown. I hope he doesn't go to Baltimore. That's, yeah. all, that's all I've got to say about that. I don't yeah. I don't need to give Lamar Jackson any more pieces. He's got enough, all right? The dude's loaded. Let's 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 calm down. Let's, let's calm down. The Ravens don't need any more help. Oh, gosh. Who are you taking at 203, Matt? I am taking, I'm going to go to the tight end pool here. I, I, you know, you were mentioning quarterbacks kind of get underrated. I think when you're in a tight end class like this, they can get underrated as well. You get a Kyle Pitts like you took earlier, uh, who's going to be your tight end for probably, I would say a decade, if not more, I'm taking Pat Fryermuth, who I think can do the same thing. You know, they nicknamed him baby Gronk. I think for a good reason with the comparisons of his game, he's, just a phenomenal tight end all around. He can do it all. Where Kyle Pitts is that athletic freak. Fryermuth is the complete overall tight end. He, he can block. He can run. Really good uh, speed, actually, which I think gets a little bit underrated here. He's got significant burst. He can he can make it look uh, difficult for tight not tight ends, my goodness, linebackers or even safeties and cornerbacks to cover him at times. He's already pro ready. I honestly don't see any knocks in his game whatsoever. If you want to pick one negative thing, you can say he got injured this year. That's about it. I think he's going to be phenomenal. It's got him going to the Jaguars here, which again, it would be phenomenal if they can get him and then pair him with Justin Fields as well. Just gives him another receiving threat opposite of DJ Chark and uh, LaVisca Chenault, that offense would be very scary next year, and, and especially if they can get a, a, a decent offensive-minded head coach in there. Yeah, man, he's the one tight end that I thought could push Kyle Pitts for that tight end one spot this season. He's he's just so good. He he looks like Travis Kelsey. I mean, he the way he plays, they line him up in the slot. He's probably – if we were going to compare the, these two to like previous tight ends, it – almost be the argument of Fant versus Hawkinson, right? We all, say that. we all knew that Fant was probably the more athletic, the receiving option like a Kyle Pitts, but Hawkinson was the more complete tight end that can stay on the field at all times. That's Pat Fryermuth. But I think uh, this, this tight end class is special. Th- these guys here, and I'm not even just talking about the big three, even after that, there's some really good players at the tight end position. So if you didn't take Fryermuth there, I was going to double up on tight ends. Uh, right here, I, I do not like this pick. I don't like it. But if if this team takes this player, I do think he would probably be the starting running back. And my advice would be I would probably trade him after a blow-up game. I would probably try to trade him for a lot. But I'm going to take Zamir White, who was selected by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Zamir White is my RB5 in the class and let me let me not diminish Zamir too much, right? Coming out of high school, he was the top-ranked running back. He was phenomenal, right? He was one of the top-ranked running backs, if not the top. Tours ACL senior year of high school, goes to Georgia, tears his AC, his other ACL 
in his freshman season. So that was canceled. He comes back next year. He comes back last year and looks okay, maybe, but they still had DeAndre Swift. They had Brian Harry. And so they didn't really need him to do anything this season. He looks like a man who's playing with confidence, who trusts his body and he, and he looks good. He, he looks like a good running back. The problem is double knee injuries, double ACLs. And I know a lot of people say Frank Gore, it happened to Frank Gore. Frank Gore is also an anomaly. The fact that he's still playing running back in the NFL right now, you just don't see that happen a lot, right? So with two ACL tears, Amir White is a player that if he's drafted with with any kind of draft capital, and I honestly, Matt, I think he's a player that can come back for, for a senior year. I don't even think he's a lock to come out this year. But if he does, and if he's drafted by the by the Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't have any running backs. So I guess at, at this point, I, I want to get a piece of the running backs in this class. So Zamir White in a fantastic landing spot. I take it, bet on the talent for a year, and try to get rid of him. Yeah, I, I'm not big on Zamir White either. I've, I haven't seen enough from him this year. Maybe that's just a George has also been kind of struggling. I'd love to see more of him and JT Daniels together. That offense seems to have come more alive once JT Daniels started. So maybe he does come back. I'd hate that for my Kendall Milton shares. I, I'd, I'd much rather see Kendall Milton get out there on the field. Uh, but if he comes back, I'd like to see what he does. I'm, I'm not big on Zamir White at all, so I'd be with you. If he ends up going to Pittsburgh, I'd, I'd move him in a heart. But hey, who wants the starting running back for uh, Pittsburgh? Let's go. Give me the 2023 first round pick right now okay look at i'll even help you out you don't even have to give me your 2022nd one give me your 2023rd it's down the road you're not even you're gonna be winning you don't care and that's exactly that's what i would do i'm I'm not gonna lie i literally immediately have buyer's remorse like i wish i could redo that pick (laughs) like just that quick during this mock i wish i can redo that pick but you're up here at the uh where are we at the 205 uh 205 you're up yes I'm taking uh, Sage Surratt, a guy that uh, opted out earlier this year with Wake Forest. Uh, has helped out Donovan Green a lot, which is which is good for his stock. But uh, Sage Surratt, natural athlete, ter- ter- terrific size, uh, cannot talk. Excellent play strength. Uh, easy, easily deals with contact with his release as a route runner. Love the way he attacks the ball at the catch point. Great ball carrier, great body control. Love everything about him. He's not the the best deep threat, but we've got him going to the Packers here. I think he could be another perfect option outside of, uh, of Devontae Adams pairing with Aaron Rodgers, who looks like he could play for another five years. Uh, now, once Jordan Love comes in, I'll be a little bit worried about that. But as long as Rodgers is there, I'm good. Obviously, the big thing you've got to worry about with Green Bay is you hear all the rumors. If, if Rodgers doesn't have that chemistry with the guy, it takes a little bit of time for him to produce. So maybe you don't get much out of him this year. But I think if he lands with the Packers, he's easily better, better than Lazard and MVS right now. So yeah. give me Sage Surratt going to the Packers with uh, Devontae Adams and and he's another guy who opted out right he he opted out this season but he's got incredible size he looks like a phenomenal athlete his brother's probably going to be a high draft pick Chaz Surratt linebacker from North Carolina so uh, I don't that's actually a really good pick and I'm a big Alan Lazard truther if Sage Surratt is drafted by the Packers he's the the second best wide receiver on that team to Devontae Adams right and if he can develop that chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. I think at his size, man, Rodgers just likes to YOLO that ball. So if you could throw it to that big 6'3", 6'4", wide receiver. And in this class, we don't have a lot of those big guys, right? We got a couple, but I mean, he's probably one of the better big guys that we have in this class. So I think that was a really savvy pick. And right here at the 206, I am going to play a little strategy game because I know that this player has a cult 
following. And I know if I pick this player with this landing spot, I will be able to trade this player for whatever I want. And I'm going to take BYU's quarterback, Zach Wilson, who in this mock was selected by the Carolina Panthers. Listen, I've already I already got quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. And in a one quarterback league, I probably already have an established quarterback on my roster. This is a pure strategy play because there are other players on the board that I like, but I have a feeling that I'll be able to get one or two of those guys. I don't know if you would have taken Zach Wilson with your next pick, but I like this right here because I know with Christian McCaffrey, with DJ Moore, with Robbie Anderson, with that offense, somebody will give me what I want for Zach Wilson. So I'm going to take Zach Wilson here. I think he's a, I think he's a a phenomenal talent. Let me say this. I think he's a phenomenal talent. I, I still think he's an unfinished product. I, some people saying ridiculous stuff about him uh, being better than Justin Fields. Stop. Stop it. He's not. He's not. He's not. There's two tier one quarterbacks. And then there's another tier of Lance and Wilson and Jones. And, and that's probably the tier two. But Zach Wilson has a cult following. And if he lands with the Panthers, man, you'll be able to trade him for a King's ransom, even in a one quarterback league. Yeah, uh, I agree 100%. You're going to have those uh, the your couch general managers in your fantasy football leagues that uh, when it comes to rookie time, they're going to see him get drafted, put on the highlights of like, oh, what, what can this kid not do? Because they don't watch the tape and see everything that he's done. I don't understand why everybody hates Justin Fields. That's really what I took out of your your talk right there is that Trey Lance was better than Justin Fields earlier this year. Now Zach Wilson. Soon Kyle Trask will be if he beats Bama this weekend. Like, it's ridiculous. I don't understand why everybody hates Justin Fields. I mean, I, I, I was not going to take Zach Wilson here uh, but I don't think that's a bad strategy because you're right we all have and I'm sure there's going to be those guys that are going to pop up in your drafts that as soon as you draft them they're going to cuss they're going to slam their fist down on the table and then you know you've got them right there again hey how about that 2023 first you got you know again you're going to be winning give me that 2023 first and we'll we'll call it even speaking of all now I forgot who I was going to draft I was getting all ready to <laughs> yeah, get all ready were. to pull it up 207 207 who you taking forgot. so I'm at 207 so I've got three picks left I know I want to draft at least one guy that might surprise some people so I'm going to go with uh Deami Brown right here okay. uh quick decisive okay. physical guy after the catch I like him I love how he physically and fearlessly works the middle of the field. He's not afraid to catch that ball and take the big hit, hold on to it. He's a competitive, he's competitive against blockers. Uh, I do think does get hung up a little bit sometimes when those guys press him at the line. But outside of that, I like him struggle with some drops this year, but that's not something I, I don't think he can't improve on. Uh, we've got him going to the saints here. So again, same thing I said earlier about Rashad Bateman. I think whoever lands here, your biggest fear is going to be what they do at quarterback. If drew Brees moves on, I honestly think they're going to take somebody in this draft this year, because I don't think Taysom Hill's the future, even though it does seem like Sean Payton thinks that. But pairing any of these guys with Sean Payton, I think, just helps them out because he'll find ways to scheme them open, whether it's Taysom Hill at quarterback or somebody else. So give me a guy like Brown, who, again, I think profiles to be the perfect opposite outside of uh, or opposite of Michael Thomas. I actually think he's a better fit there than Rashad Bateman because Brown can stretch the field, right? You let Michael Thomas yeah. be the possession receiver that he is. And then you have Brown replace Emmanuel Sanders. Traquan Smith is a deep threat. Uh, I actually like that fit a little bit better than uh, than uh, Rashad Bateman. But again, the quarterback position is what is concerning. So right here, I'm going to take one of my favorite players in this draft. My number one favorite player is Rondell Moore. I think he's special. My favorite player in the class. A player that's rising for me like crazy. And I cannot wait to see him this weekend versus Alabama. And I think he's a player that has sneaky, when you're talking about who's going to sneak into round one, 
I think Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver from the University of Florida, has a chance. Okay. I'm not saying he, he will, but I think he's got a chance to sneak into round one. But I'll put my stamp on it. He's not escaping round two. You don't find playmakers like Kadarius Tony often. And what he's done in his final season at Florida, he's dynamic, man. He's 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 a complete wide receiver who can do other things, a la like a Robert Woods, jet sweeps, punt returns. Uh, carrying the ball out of the backfield. Uh, I've seen some big name people say, why draft Rondell Moore when you can get Kadarius Toney around later? I've seen that narrative floating around. I like both players. I think Rondell Moore is is, is a tier above Kadarius Toney. But if Toney in this mock, he lands with the Washington football team. I love that. You've got Terry McLaurin as the number one. You, they need it. I don't even know who the number two wide receiver is for the football team. I mean, honestly. Do they have one? Is it? Do they have? Do they Cam, have one? Cam no. Sims? Uh, they called Steven me earlier, Sims? but I'm I've gotten a little bit out of shape. So yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I, I, I would love. And in this mock, he was picked in round two. They selected a quarterback in round one. So if you get a quarterback of the future, whether that's Lance, whether that's Wilson, whether that's Jones, and you get them another talented wide receiver opposite of Terry McLaurin, Washington's already got a solid defense. Uh, as a Cowboys fan, uh, I'm not liking what they're doing over there, but here at the 208, Kadarius Tony is my pick. I love it. And I did not pick him specifically just for you because I knew you were going to take him eventually. So I kept knocking him down my board just so you could talk about him. Uh, but the reason I love that pick for him at Washington is Scott Turner there in, as the offensive coordinator. We saw him with Ron Rivera at Carolina and what he used to do with Curtis Samuel in moving him around the field, what he did with CMC. Kadarius Tony fits wonderfully into that offense. I don't want to say a gadget player because I feel like that's a negative connotation, but they can use him that way. And the way that they could use him in that offense, I think would be phenomenal uh especially if they end up i think who did they have uh oh we didn't have anybody uh, whoever they get at quarterback whether it's yeah. mac jones kyle grass trey lance yeah i'm with you it'd be it'd be a phenomenal fit all right so for my pick i think i'm gonna go a little bit off the board here because i just i've got to take my guy i've been pounding the drum for him all year and i'm probably going to end up being wrong because usually when i go this into a player i end up being wrong so i'm just letting your listeners know now just be careful with this pick. Uh, but I'm going Jamar Jefferson out of Oregon State. I think okay. obviously there's a couple places that that have good landing spots. I, I hate to say it, but I feel like Houston would be a good spot for him. That feels like an old Bill O'Brien pick because I feel like he's a little bit better than David Johnson and Duke Johnson merged together, but he's not an overall great back. He, he demonstrates excellent vision and instinctive feel to hit those cutback lanes, which is what I love the most about him. Great lateral agility, great footwork, runs to daylight. He, he showed in his freshman year, he had that breakout age at 18. And, and our biggest question about him after that massive great year that he had as a freshman was, does he have the home run speed, the long speed to take it to the house? Well, this year he's shown it. Now he's still gotten caught behind a couple times, but for the most part, he's broken off a bunch of great runs. He's got quickness, body control as a bo- body body character that doesn't make any sense a ball carrier he's great in the passing game as well very dangerous after the catch something we haven't seen a mu- much of this year but we saw it a lot his freshman year 25 catches in his freshman year and he's he's creative when he gets into the open field in space so i don't know what i, I the picks i put here would be houston I kind of want to put Tampa Bay, but I, I think they probably will eventually go to Keyshawn Vaughn, maybe even this week with Rojo being out. We'll see what happens there. I, I like the Jets as well, going and pairing him with T-Locks. I don't think LaMichael P. Ron's the answer, and I honestly think 
Joe Brady may end up there in New York as the, as the head coach with T-Law in that offense. If you put Jamar Jefferson there, I'd actually kind of like it even more. But uh, those were the kind of the top three for me is, is New York Jets, Houston, and Tampa Bay. But I love me some Jamar Jefferson. He's a guy that I've loved for the past. We actually talked about him on my, my fantasy football show two years ago after the freshman yep. season he had. Bad year last year, but he's, he's really broken out this year, and I'm, I really like the kid a lot. Yeah, he's my RB6 uh, in the 2021 class. And it really probably the only reason I don't have him five is because I think that the name cachet of Georgia would get Zamir White drafted ahead of him. And the reason why Matt was sort of coming up with landing spots is in these mocks, he wasn't picked in the first couple of rounds, right? So there was there was there wasn't anything for me to compare to. I like him. He reminds me of a poor man's Alvin Kamara. I think he could be that type of back at the next level. I think he's a running. I think he could be a starting running back at the NFL with him. It's going to be the draft capital. If he gets the draft capital, he'll have an opportunity. If he doesn't, he's going to have to climb leaps and bounds to get that chance. But we see these running backs going down like flies. I, I really like that pick. So if he lands, and honestly, I mean, Houston, they don't have a pick until round three. That's probably about where he would go. So uh, I don't think that's a bad, a bad call uh, one way or another. So right here, I've got two picks left and it's, it's gross. Um, I'm trying to find other players that I would take, and I'm actually going to take a player that is not on the board and I'm going to take Tylen Wallace. And he's another player that I think would be awesome in Houston, right? Uh, didn't pop up enough in the first couple of rounds in these mocks, but I think Tylen Wallace, whether it's Houston, whether it's maybe the Jets, I would like to see him in a spot like that. Hell, even the Chargers might not be a bad landing spot for Tylen Wallace. He's a player who profiles, and I've said this even last year, I think he's a very good wide receiver too for an NFL team. I don't think he's the number one. I don't think he's going to be a top 12 dynasty wide receiver, but I think he's a, going to be a, a good wide receiver three for us in fantasy that can give us wide receiver two weeks and sometimes wide receiver one weeks. He's phenomenal at the point of a catch. He's really good after the catch. I think he's a solid receiver. He opted out. His stats are kind of crazy. They're almost identical to what he had last year. Nine games. Both seasons, 53 receptions. The yards are damn near identical. I think he's got two fewer touchdowns. But all he had to show is that he was healthy after tearing his ACL. He's shown that he was healthy. And I think he's going to be a day two pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, I, I love uh, I love Tylen Wallace. I think that'd be a, a great spot for him to land. And I love him as a prospect altogether. I, I think maybe he gets a little bit forgotten about because Oklahoma State hasn't necessarily been great this year. Uh, and he's not that explosive prospect. Like he makes great catches. You don't see him making those amazing plays that kind of pop up on highlights every single week. So, so people kind of forget about him. So I'm up at, what is this? One, one, nine, two, one, two, sorry, 11. Two, two, 11. This is two, it. 11. Oh no, this, this is, is my last pick. This is it, man. Why you got to make this difficult? This I was going to, I was going to try and go a little shocking people here again too, but I kind of want to go. There's a quarterback I really want to talk about, but I got to, do it. Do it. I know who you're going to take. So go ahead and do it. Do you? Who do you think I'm going to take? You're taking Trey Lance, man. I'm not taking Trey Lance. I'm going off the board. But no, I won't do it. I won't do it because it's too controversial. We need we need to give you your, your, wait your a listeners. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Were you going to say Kellen Mond? 
Of course I was going to say, no, I was going to go Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati because I love go that Desmond, kid. But, go, Des- go Desmond Ritter. Well, Let's I go. just realized Trey Lance was still on the board. So was Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. So that would be really – I am stupid. I am not that stupid. I would take Desmond Ritter if we were doing a three-round mock. I'm going to take Amari Rogers here. Uh, he's okay. another slot receiver I think is getting a little bit overlooked. Um, I, he's not on the list here either as a guy, so he's probably th- – the in the three to five range in the in the mock draft so he doesn't have a landing spot on here i was looking i actually kind of really think he'd be a great landing spot in los angeles as well the chargers with with uh justin herbert uh i think he, uh, he profiles to be that slot receiver we've seen him have a huge step up this year finding great success there with uh with with Trevor Lawrence, great at the catch point, and he does a good job. I think breaking tackles. Uh, I don't think he profiles to be anything more than a slot receiver. So I think he's got to go to a high powered offense that he can bring you that return on value, which I think being with Justin Herbert would do that in Los Angeles. So I take Amari Rogers here at the end of the second round. I'm a fan of Amari Rogers, man. I, I actually like that pick, and I think what we're getting from this exercise is that the Chargers probably need another wide receiver. I don't know what they're going to do with Mike Williams. And if a wide receiver lands with Justin Herbert, I think at that point in time, whomever it is, their stock is going to increase tremendously. So here I am at the last pick in our mock, and this has been quite the fall for this player. And uh, the landing spot, it's I think it's decent for him. I, I really do. And the player that I'm going to take to round out this mock is Chuba Hubbard, the running back from Oklahoma State. Um, the, this mock draft has him going to the Carolina Panthers. I do believe that the Panthers will be in the market for a running back to back up Christian McCaffrey. I believe that Mike Davis has done enough to get some kind of two-year deal somewhere else, and I don't blame him. Go get paid, Mike Davis. You've served admirably for CMC. But I think the Panthers realize they cannot run Christian McCaffrey into the ground. If they want him to fulfill his contract obligations, they're going to have to get another running back. I don't believe Rodney Smith is that guy. I don't believe Reggie Bonifant is that guy. And I actually think that a player like uh, like Chuba Hubbard would fit really well with Carolina. You get him in there. He's a Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, upright speedster, lacks a lot of lateral quickness, can catch the ball out of the backfield, but he's got that home run ability. So I think he would be... I actually think that'd be kind of a nightmare backfield to have to deal with. You've got Christian McCaffrey uh, doing his thing, catching the ball out of the backfield, running in between the tackles, and then you spell him with Chuba Hubbard. He would immediately become one of the most, the high-end handcuffs. Like we talk about Tony Pollard. We talk about Alexander Madison. I don't consider Kareem Hunt a handcuff. He's not. So let's stop saying that. He's 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 just another running back for, for the Browns. But I think at that point... Uh, Chuba Hubbard would probably become the most valuable backup running back in the NFL for fantasy purposes. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, round it out. And it's just, it has been a long fall for my man Chuba Hubbard this season. Yeah, I, I do think that'd be a great spot for him because of what you just said right there, Kareem Hunt. If you could have a Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb kind of backfield there with two guys who are more versatile than those guys as well, because Chuba Hubbard can do it in the receiving game as well. So imagine if Joe Brady doesn't leave and you're lining those two guys up in the backfield opposite of who, what was the quarterback that the Panthers took? Was it on the mock? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I, I think he took uh, Zach. I think they took Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. Okay, so you got Zach Wilson who can run by all these people. And then you got Chuba Hubbard. CMC, then you've got how do they DJ, have a, I'm trying DJ to see Moore. that a tight end mock there really yeah, quick. That, that, that's, they'll Moore, get one. Yep. Robbie Anderson. They're gonna take Brevin Jordan, and then all of a sudden it's like 
as as you said on one of your past shows, it's Thanos getting the it's the Soul Stone right the there stone, all of a sudden, baby. and and Carolina looks uh, almost unstoppable. So yeah, that'd be a great fit for them if they could do it. And I think it'd be really good if they get an offensive corner if Brady leaves uh, to kind of use those two guys in the backfield, like I just mentioned, what Stefanski does with uh, Kareem Hunt, and Nick Chubb. All right, so to recap round two of this one quarterback mock, we kicked it off with Terrace Marshall to the Falcons, Amon Ross St. Brown to the Ravens, Pat Fryermuth to the Jaguars, Zamir White to the Steelers, Sage Surratt to the Packers, Zach Wilson to the Panthers, Deami Brown to the Saints, Kadarius Toney to the football team, Jamar Jefferson to Houston, Tylen Wallace to Houston, Amari Rogers to the Chargers, and Chuba Hubbard to the Panthers. Matt, one player that was not selected, um, whether they're on this list or somebody that that you had to talk about um, that that you think people need to know about, uh, who would that one player be? Just a bonus shot. Chris Olave. I'm just kidding. Desmond Ritter, quarterback out of of Cincinnati. I do think he's going to be a guy who gets that possibly even third round draft capital this year. He he struggles with deep ball placement, but outside of that, he's a dual threat quarterback. He's not getting enough love because he's playing at Cincinnati. Not a lot of people have watched him, but I think he's a really well-rounded quarterback prospect. And if he gets that day three capital, he was guy when I, if I picked him, I was going to say, I could see him going to the saints and, and being that guy. Cause it seems like, Sean Payton wants that dual threat quarterback and he's got it in a way in Taysom Hill, but Taysom Hill just is not a good throw of the ball where Desmond Ritter is outside of the deep ball placement. What he brings with the legs, I think is an upgrade over Taysom Hill. And I do think he'll get that third, maybe fourth round draft capital, but I really think he'll go third round. So Desmond Ritter is a guy that I would watch, especially in super flex drafts. I don't think enough people are talking about him and, and he could really kind of be a, a guy who's a starting quarterback soon. And this isn't a hot take, man. There are people out here who are saying Desmond Ritter, I mean, is right there after Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. So there are people who like Ritter um, over over Kyle Trask, over a Mac Jones. So uh, I think we're going to hear more buzz about Ritter. And we kind of made a joke. I saw a mock on CBS with Kellen Mond in the first round to the Saints. So I think there are going to be a couple of other pro- – the, the league is QB thirsty right now. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of subpar quarterback play. Um, for me, a player that we didn't discuss, uh, Brevin Jordan to the Cardinals. I think that would make a ton of sense. Arizona needs a, a, a tight end. I see Seth Williams to Tampa Bay. That might be more indicative of maybe Chris Godwin not being there long term. Um, I, I wouldn't want that either. Um, Chris Olave, we talked about him to the Lions, Elijah Moore to the Bengals. But for me, a player that I really love the landing spot that I think would make an excellent compliment uh, to this running back right now is Demetric Felton. He was mocked to the Jacksonville Jaguars more times than not. I think they need to find somebody to spell James Robinson. And if you get a player like Demetric Felton, a converted wide receiver running back hybrid, you pair him with Justin Fields. With uh, James Robinson, I I think that would be an excellent landing spot. What I've noticed doing this exercise, and this is the first time I've done this, right? You know, we do all these rankings, but when you actually have to draft these players, like the the class is deep, but it's deeper when you have super flex, right? Like as I'm looking at the second round, it got nasty real quick, man. And if you don't get my big takeaway is if you want a running back, I know Kenneth Gainwell went 109 in single quarterback leagues. You may have to you may have to do that there. If you want to get a running back that's got any chance of being fantasy relevant, which I don't believe Kenneth Gainwell is a three-down runner at the next level. I don't think he's a bell cow back, but I think he can be an absolute monster in PPR formats, right? Um, you're going to have to get your running back early. I think Harris, ETN, Williams, Gainwell probably should be top 10 in single quarterback leagues because after that, you're looking at Zamir White, 
Felton, CJ Ferdell, Jefferson. It just it it just got kind of nasty real quick. What what's sort of your takeaway from doing this? Yeah, I'm with you. And that that's why I went so heavy running back early because I felt like the wide receivers fall a little bit better. And then you're gonna be able to get one of those guys. Uh, for me, it's that running back and tight ends, which again, I feel like we we mentioned it with the quarterbacks and tight ends and, and one QB drafts. They seem to fall anyways, but if I can get that Pitts and or Fryermuth, I'd really be happy with that. Uh, you know, a guy that we didn't, we failed to mention, but has really been kind of popping up here. Michael Carter as well at running back. Uh, Javian Hawkins has been really explosive. I think he has a role in the NFL, not as a three down guy, but those are a couple of guys you can probably get late second or third round that might produce something for you, but are not going to be those overall running backs. So I'm with you outside of those three. And again, I'm higher on Jefferson than a lot of other people he's the guy that i would grab in the second round i think could be a like an rb2 for you he's not going to be an rb1 but an rb2 decent guy you can put in your lineup every week the running back class is not as strong as we thought it might be earlier in the year it's really kind of fallen off and and really until 2023 i don't think we're i don't think anybody's expecting next year's to be any better Brees hall and and the spiller and that's probably it that you really trust right now so if you need a running back this is the year to try and trade up and grab a guy if you can yeah, man. And I, I just want to say um, I appreciate you coming by, Matt, uh, for this exercise. This was this was really helpful for me. It's got me thinking about a couple of things. Luckily for me, I don't participate in many one quarterback leagues. It's all super flex. So I know that we'll have more quarterbacks going in the first round of those super flex leagues. I hope you guys appreciated this and I hope you guys uh, check out Matt's work, man. Go to Dynasty Nerds. Check him out. Follow him on Twitter at SportsFanaticMB. Check out his show with Dennis. All right. Go to the go check out the Fantasy Football Roundtable. I'm not joking, man. These dudes put out a damn show. It seems like every day. I'm like, how many shows are you doing? I'm getting Periscope notifications from Matt. I'm like, dude, what are you doing, man? Make sure you check out that show. And then the Debbie debate, one of the new shows that he came up with, please check that out. Matt, we thank you for coming by, uh, stopping by to talk to the good people on the podcast, on the YouTube channel. Really appreciate you, Matt. Thank you for having me on, man. And keep killing it in the Debbie community. That's all I can do. All gas, no brakes. I appreciate you all stopping by, checking us out. Uh, If you like the content, make sure you smash the subscribe button, hit the thumbs up button, like it. Tell us what you think about our mock in the comments. Who won, me or Matt? Najee Harris or the guy who got Devonta Smith and Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle and Rondell Moore? Y'all know it was me. Just tell me in the comments, GQ, you killed Matt in that mock draft. But check out his content. Check out his work. And if you want more access to me and get these rankings and the database, patreon.com forward slash all gas. Hope y'all enjoy the day. Y'all know what, man. I'm rambling. I'm out of this thing. Peace. might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. 
You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering off on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. <laughs> 